because we are magnets. We are always either repelling or attracting at any given time. I died at the age of 27. And I came back here by choice. And when you think of quantum physics, when I died, my soul going into that light traveled at over 300 million miles a second. That's the vibration of the other side. That's the vibration of your soul over there. From the city of Beaky Blinders, Birmingham, England, I would like to introduce you to Paddy Dandar. As the world becomes more automated and the robots take over, it's imperative that we build the right human skills for the future. So pull up a chair, grab a smoser or two, and make yourself very uncomfortable. Today, I'm joined by June Edward, who is an energy master. She has unique insights into the power of energy to positively impact relationships on both a personal and a professional level, and believes this power can be harnessed and utilized to help businesses, leaders, and teams to improve their overall communication, function, and productivity. So June, what's your superpower that you're bringing to this particular episode? Because you got me a little bit scared. I teach people how energy works because we are all energy. We are not the suit that sits here. We are the energetic being that's inside. And everybody that works in technology knows how energy works, how electricity works, right? And this is what I teach people because we are magnets. We are always either repelling or attracting at any given time. And we're like a piece of wire if you want to go that route. So what we attract is based on our frequency. So if you think of a radio station, you can't get the station in unless you're on the right frequency, right? And it's the same thing with people in your life. The people that you're bringing into your life are on the same frequency as you. So if you want to change what's around you and change the people in your life, change your frequency, raise your vibration, and then you'll attract people that are on that vibration. That's how it works. I've never thought about it that way before, especially around energy and you mentioned changing your frequency. So on a practical level, how do you change your frequency? Is that based on your actions or is that based on your mindset? Everyone's walked into a funeral and everyone's sitting there crying and you feel that low vibration, that low energy, right? Everyone's walked into a wedding or a birthday party and felt that high energy. Anybody that's been in love knows that high that you're on, right? So the highest frequency there is, quite honestly, is love. And the fastest and easiest way to change a vibration is to get in touch with your soul because your soul is pure energy. And your soul is way too big for your body. You have some of it's in your body, some of it's over your body that people can see and they call it an aura. And the majority of your body is actually in the lowest level of heaven, which is the fifth dimension. And it orchestrates the timing and the events that happen in your life. And that portion of your soul is at the highest vibration there is. And it has all the knowledge of all your lives. So for instance, I died at the age of 27 and I came back here by choice. And when you think of quantum physics, when I died, my soul going into that light traveled at over 300 million miles a second. Talk about a high vibration. 
that's the vibration of the other side. That's the vibration of your soul over there. And when my soul came back into my body at that high of a vibration, my vibration is automatically higher than most people. And I can connect with the other side almost instantly to my, the majority of my soul that's over there. But you can, everyone can do it through meditation. And what I've learned is a lot of people that come back from an NDE, a near-death experience, they don't want to be here anymore. A lot of them quit, commit suicide because they can't get that high vibration back. And it's very depressing being in this 3D space sometimes, right? But if they meditate and get in touch with the part of their soul that's on the other side and raise their vibration, they can have that high all the time. It's the highest of highs, higher than being on drugs, higher than being drinking. High, it's the highest high there is when you are connecting to that high vibration from the other side. And the other plus, I mean, there's so many pluses to it. You have being in this 3D world that we're in. We have this body that we're stuck in, right? And we all have a brain in our head, hopefully, right? <laughs> well, your brain is nothing more than a massive computer. It helps you process all the information that you have, okay? But your brain has a specific job. Your brain's job is to protect you. How does it do that? It does it by creating fear. So most people are making their decisions based on fear. And when you do that, it's literally a 50-50 crapshoot. Sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong, but you're always questioning the decision. When you learn how to get in touch with your soul and make the decision from there, that's the knowing. That's that gut instinct. You make the decision. You don't think about it. You just know it's the right decision. And it works out a thousand percent of the time. Always. Be your highest and your best. So when you can learn how to stop making your decisions that way instead of being stuck in your brain, it's amazing. And I know a lot of engineers, a lot of tech people, they're very stuck in their head. They've got to weigh everything out. They've got to write everything down. They've got to do the pros and the cons. And the reality of it is none of that really means anything. If you can bypass and stop wasting all that time by getting in touch with your soul and making that decision from the knowing, and it will be the exact outcome that you're supposed to have, and you'll know it every time, and it'll be absolutely incredible. Different way to look at life. You've just got me buzzing with thoughts right now, and you just slipped in that statement about you had actually died and you decided to come back by choice. Like, I did. Could you tell us more about that? We're all looking for proof in life. <clears throat> Whenever someone says they've seen somebody witness some kind of supernatural experience, then naturally we're skeptics. So I'm just thinking about the audience whereby to convince someone out there about this side of thinking, how do we do that? And if you could share your experience, that would be amazing. To bring that to life. So the reality of it is my job isn't try to convince anybody, but my job is to hopefully have people open their eyes and pay better attention because miracles happen every day, all day long. And at some point in everyone's life, they will witness it if they're paying attention and they'll have, they'll see it all the time if they're really paying attention. Okay. So I was one of these people that was very analytical. And if you couldn't see it, touch it, feel it, then it didn't exist. I'd even lie down on the grass as a kid and watch the stars and be like, yeah, I see them. They're beautiful, but they tell me they're this, but you know what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a shoebox and that's just holes that are punched in. I have no idea. 
So I injured my back when I was 22 and I had to have surgery for it. And I put the surgery off of five years because I just knew I was going to die. That's my soul giving me a heads up. And it got to the point that I was told I had no choice. I had to go in for the surgery. And before I did, I told everybody, I said, listen, I'm going to die. And they're like, oh, no, you're just afraid, blah, blah, blah. No, I knew I was going to die. So the night before the surgery, I went in. They do an MRI test with a contrast dye to make sure that they have the correct area. And I told them that I thought I was allergic to the dye. I'd had it once before, and I had a really bad reaction to it. I couldn't get off the table for hours. And they're like, oh, that's normal. That happens to everybody. What do I know, right? I'm 27 years old, and you're the doctor. Next time I'm not. Next time I'm a little more insistent. So as soon as they administered the contrast dye, I immediately died. And I never heard the term near-death experience and never considered that because I knew I died. And everyone's experience is a little bit different. They're all extremely similar, but everybody has a little bit different of experience. And I was immediately whisked to heaven, which I've now learned from my education from the other side that it's the fifth dimension. It's the lowest level of heaven. And I immediately started watching a life review. And it was just incredible over there. And less than 10% of the people that have an NDE actually get to the level that I got to or have a life review. And it was like sitting in the front row of an IMAX theater. And it's literally all the things that brought joy in my life that were going by. And I think about it now and I'm like, why? They wanted me to come back. They knew I was going to come back. They absolutely knew that I'd make the decision to come back. Maybe they were just trying to influence it a little bit more. I don't know. But it was a hard decision. I used to say that the two things you take with you when you die is knowledge and love, because I felt an overwhelming sense of love there. But I've since realized you take all of your feelings with you. Your soul contains all of your feelings. I brought many people through from the other side that are still living in fear or regret or anger. So you take all of your feelings with you and you access all the knowledge of all your lifetimes when you're there as well. And I remember that I had two children at the time and that they brought me the most joy and that I was here for them. That was one of the biggest reasons I chose to come here originally. And I hadn't had my third child yet. So I came back for them. And as soon as I made that decision, again, 300 million miles a second, I was back in my body instantaneously, instantaneously. To the relief of the doctor who had been, they used the paddles, they injected the IV line, he tipped the table up and was slapping me silly, I didn't feel a thing. He's like, oh, thank God. If, if this had been the beginning of my month, you wouldn't be here. This is the end of my month. I found out after they were just residents, they weren't even doctors doing the testing. But I didn't bother saying, listen, if I would want to come back, I wouldn't be here. I heard, literally was told on the other side that it was not my time and I could come back if I wanted to or I could stay. Most people, I understand, also don't get that choice. If it's not their time, they just immediately are whisked right back. Wow. Again. A little crazy. Yeah, but... I wouldn't say crazy. I would say mind-blowing. It took me years to be able to talk about it. I I stopped bawling my eyes out because all the emotion and feeling would come back from when I was there. I couldn't talk about it for years, literally. It's just incredible. But it gave me a different insight into what is really real. We can't see the air we breathe, but it's there, isn't it? 
and we can't see the microwaves cooking our food. But that's working, and that's there too, isn't it? So, you know, we see and perceive because of the shapes of our eyes. If you close your eyes and start trying to really feel energy, you can. If you're over near a fire, you hear, you're feeling the heat come off, aren't you? That's energy. And when you really tune your body into paying attention to energy, you'll really be able to pick up on it everywhere and all around you. And your belief system is based on what you've been taught or what you experience. And as you experience differently, your belief system changes. It's that simple. And the more you can allow your belief system to be a little bit more open-minded and bring in things that maybe you hadn't thought of or perceived before, it's just amazing the reality that we don't see because we live in this little 3D, we're like an avatar. We literally are like an avatar. You get up in the morning and you're playing a role here. And that's all you're doing. When you go to bed at night and go to sleep, more of your soul actually leaves your body. Your vibration rises. And if they're trying to connect to you from the other side to help you, to give you information, and you're not paying attention energetically during the day, they can only visit you at night then, right? And you know it's a visit and not a dream because it seems real. You remember everything and you wake up right away. Okay, that's a visit. It's not a dream. But if you're meditating and getting touch with your soul, then you'll start to perceive the people on the other side that are trying to react, interact with you and get you information and your higher self that has all of your knowledge and information. And less of that will happen during the night. And your brain will have the opportunity to literally reorganize its filing system while you're sleeping. <laughs> June, you mentioned a few times about them and they on the other side. You mentioned right at the start, as you were explaining that encounter, that they knew you would come back. Who are they? So there are so many people on the other side that are here just to help you on your path and your journey. Um, angels, first of all, are real. They're an entirely separate race. They were never human. Their entire existence is to help us. But there's rules on the other side, just as there are here. And their first rule is they cannot help you unless you ask. So anytime my faith is faltering, they make sure that I lose a diamond earring. And I'm thinking I've lost it on the golf course, at the gym, the grocery store. I have no idea. I, I assume it's gone forever until I ask. And I let them know that I understand if they can't return it, that if they are, they're, they're good-sized diamond earrings for my ex-husband. If somebody needs an engagement ring, their ring quality, I understand that. And if that's the reason for it, okay. But if there's any way you can bring it back, St. Anthony, please bring it back. And sure enough, within the next 10 to 12 hours, it shows up in the most bizarre place. Every time, it's done it three times to me already. Three times. So when you ask, they will help. And the way the universe works is it doesn't recognize negativity. So if you want to cross a street and you keep saying, I don't want to get hit by a car, I don't want to get hit by a car, all it hears is hit by a car and you're going to get hit by a car. If you want to say, I'm going to make it across the street, fine, I'm going to make it across the street, fine. You will every time. Okay, this is how the universe works. Wants to fulfill your every wants, all your desires and everything you need. You do the work, the universe gives you the reward. It's that simple. So you have guides on the other side. When I published my first book, I was writing my autobiography and I just kept hearing, 
you've got to write the book. You've got to write the book. I'm like, I'm writing the book. What are you talking about? And they're like, no, you got to write another book. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I was teaching mediumship and psychic development at the time. They're like, well, you need to write a book for your students to take home as a handbook. And I'm like, no time to do this. I am teaching. I'm taking care of my mom who's passing away. I'm writing this book. I'm like, if you want me to do that, you have to send the highest guide for me that is really good at writing and help me do this book, which they did. And I channeled it through, wrote it and published it in six weeks. So this is how it works on the other side. You ask for the help and they deliver. You have to believe it. It's that simple. You have to ask for it. When you learn how the universe works, it's amazing. When you learn how angels communicate, it's amazing because it's binary code and numbers. For all you mathematicians out there, binary code and numbers. And they're always trying to point you in the direction you're supposed to go. It's real easy to look behind 2020 vision, right? And see how everything in your life has brought you to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing that brought you to where you are right now, which is exactly where you're supposed to be. It's a little harder to look forward and say, gee, what am I supposed to do next? Well, if you pay attention to the signs that they give you, you'll know exactly where you're supposed to go. You follow it and boom, you're there. How did you discover all of this knowledge about the other side? You mentioned, obviously, you had this experience, but then beyond that, how did you acquire all of this other knowledge? Because it's very detailed knowledge. So my knowledge comes from the other side. What I know comes from the other side. I have the ability to go back and forth to that fifth dimension at any time. And I tap into the knowledge of my soul on the other side on an ongoing basis. So I have the knowledge of all my lifetimes that I tap into. And they're constantly teaching me. It's like when I bring a soul through from the other side, they're always teaching me something. It's unbelievable. A lot of them are pranksters and tricksters, but it's also there to teach me something. It's like I choose to work with higher vibrational entities. So those are entities that have already gone into the light, into heaven. They have a high vibration. The ones that are stuck here in our 3D world, you call them ghosts. I call them low vibrational entities because that's what I feel. I feel their low vibration. And then you have demons, which are lower than the lowest vibration. That's the pit in your stomach weighing you down. You feel that low energy. And that's not something I ever wanted to work with. However, everything in the universe has to stay in balance. And it's part of my education. If I'm going to work with the higher energetic beings, I have to learn that the lower energetic beings also are real. They exist and how to work with them as well and how to protect myself from them. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to tell other people how to protect themselves. And it's, it's real. It's all real. Whether you choose to believe it or not, it's all real. And I guarantee you, every single solitary one of you will have something in your life that will prove to you it's real at some point in time. Doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a child that gets miraculously cured of a disease or cancer, whether it's someone in your home that is showing signs of a possession, Whatever it is, something in your life will prove to you. I've known very few atheists in my life, and I've never met one on their deathbed, to be honest with you. And I had a dear friend of mine who I had a discussion with probably about 10 years ago, and I never knew he was an atheist. He's like, oh, yeah, I think we're like ants. And once it's over, I'm like, no. And a couple of years ago, I asked him, I ran into him, and I asked him again. I'm like, do you still, are you still an atheist? Do you still think we're like ants? And he goes, oh, no. 
He goes, no, I had an experience that changed my thinking. I'm like, you want to tell me about it? He's like, no, I'm not ready to talk about it yet, but I'm not an atheist anymore. So it's interesting. Sure is. And I'd love to know your philosophy on life and reincarnation, because that's the big question I think a lot of us think about, especially as we're progressing in terms of our maturity and our age. I've just gone beyond my midlife crisis stage. I'm coming up to my 50th, the big one, in a few years' time. But you do often ponder and think about, well, what's next? So what's your view on that? We reincarnate many times. Your souls are thousands, hundreds of thousands of years old. Okay, And we reincarnate with the same soul group every time. Each archangel has their own soul group. So my latest book, All's Fair in Love and Karma, discusses some of the reasons that you're here. So karma is created when you do something to someone else in this lifetime, you have no remorse and you don't make amends. Now you're going to owe that person in the next lifetime, that soul. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. No one's here to hurt you. Nothing's here to be done to you. It's all being done for you. We're all here to help each other and help our souls to progress and advance. So say you stole money from someone in a past lifetime. And they're going to come back in this lifetime. They're not necessarily going to steal money from you. Maybe they're going to be your boss and they're going to teach you the meaning of money and how money works. Okay. So we reincarnate from what I've been able to discover about every 350 to 400 years. Time is very different on the other side. It doesn't really exist the way it does here. We've created it here. There are exceptions to every rules. I did try to bring a little girl through years ago who was a murder victim, couldn't bring her through. Her family finally came through to tell me she reincarnated almost immediately after she'd been murdered, which is unusual. It's unusual. But we come back here for many reasons. We come back here for a mini vacation, first of all, because you're on the other side and you don't have a body. So there's things you can't do. You can't smell. You can't taste. You can't have sex. So we come through for that. We also come through to pay back the karma that we owe to other souls to help them learn their soul lessons or learn our own soul lessons and help each other and have fun. Okay. Those are the reasons that we came back here. And you're here for a very short time in the blink of existence, less than a hundred years for the most part. So we come here to learn five lessons, which are outlined in my book. And we learn our lessons faster here than we do on the other side because time is shorter here. And we learn it faster still within relationship. And that relationship could be anyone. It could be with your employer, your family member, a significant other. We are all in different types of relationships. So there are three different type of relationships. The first one is the karmic relationship. And a karmic relationship is strictly to teach you a soul lesson or you teach them. And what's a karmic relationship? Because it never really feels right. It always feels like there's something missing. You're looking for the red flags. You're waiting for that other shoe to drop. And as soon as one or the other person has learned their soul lesson, the relationship ends immediately. It's like you wake up one morning and say, what the hell do I even have this person in my life for? If you've both learned your lesson, it ends amicably. If only one or the other has learned their lesson, it ends, but it's not going to be amicable. Then you have a soulmate relationship. Same thing. You're there to teach or learn, but it also is there to afford you some love and some affection during that lesson. 
And a soulmate relationship can last a long time or not. It really depends on what you've written into your life plan. So it doesn't have to end once the lesson is learned. So the universe wants you to think you have choice, right? But you really, your only choice is to delay your lessons if you're stubborn. Then we have a twin flame relationship, which is extremely rare. There's too much misinformation on the internet about it because of all the movies and books. Everyone does not have one. It's one soul that's split in two on the other side. At some predetermined time, they will meet in this lifetime. It will be extremely passionate, extremely sexual, extremely psychic. It will throw your entire world upside down and put you on the path that you're supposed to be on. And it only lasts for a few weeks or a few months, max. And then it's like you're ghosted. And if both people are able to learn all their lessons and get on the path they're supposed to be on, and it's a higher path than most people, it's helping humanity, then they'll have an opportunity to reunite in this lifetime. Otherwise, they're going to have to wait till they get to the other side again. Most do not reunite. So it's not something everyone should be, yay, I want one. No, a lot of work. So the universe... The choice they give you, they'll offer you door one, two, and three. You take door one, you go through it, you get married, you have a couple of kids, you get divorced. Where are you going to be? In front of door one, two, and three. Well, we're creatures of habit. What do you do? You take door one again. You go through it, you get married again, you have more kids. Guess what? You get divorced again and you're in front of door one. If you learned your lesson, you're not going to take door one anymore. You're going to take door two or door three. And you may still get married and have more children, but it's not going to end for the reasons that it did the other times because you learned the lesson. So let me quickly outline the five lessons that we're here to learn. The first one is self-worth. And it's not value. Value is what other people place on you. Self-worth is the understanding that you are so special that you are the only one of you in this entire universe. And they felt that you were needed here for something. That's pretty special. Even if you are an identical twin, you have differences, different likes, different thoughts. And now I've learned different fingerprints. <laughs> and it's not selfish and it's not narcissistic, as society would like you to believe, to put yourself first. It's where everything else comes from. If you can't put yourself first, you just won't be here to help anybody else. How foolish is that? And it's also the understanding that no one has power over you. I don't have the power to make you love me. I don't have the power to make you hate me. That's all on you. No one can make you happy but you. It's not, I want a girl to make me happy. I want a guy to make me happy. I want a job to make me no. When you're happy, those, your vibration will rise and those things will come to you because you're a magnet and you'll attract them. It's that simple. Then you have trust and communication. And you have to trust first that there is a higher power and that there is a plan and that you made the plan. And again, everything that's happening is happening for your highest and best. It's not happening to you. However, if you're a little stubborn and you can't stay on your path, then yes, the universe will step in to give you a little push to put you on your way. Suppose you're supposed to be moving to another state and getting another job and you're stuck in your head and you can't decide and you're just not listening to your soul because you know you're supposed to be there. Well, maybe the universe is going to make you get evicted or burn your house down so you have no choice but to go. It will keep you on your path. And yet also learning how to communicate. You have to be able to communicate your wants and your needs to other people, or they have no idea what it is that you want or you need. And you have to trust the person you're, you're with to be able to communicate with them as well. And then sex is just another form of communication. If you can't trust and communicate outside the bedroom, you're not going to do it inside the bedroom. Then you have unconditional love. 
And I keep hearing from people that, oh, there's always a condition. Well, then that's your challenge to find that there is no condition. We are pure love in our essence, and that's what we're here to learn. So it's not saying I have to stay in this abusive relationship because I'm supposed to be practicing unconditional love. This is where the lessons start reinforcing each other and self-worth is going to kick back in. It's saying, listen, I love you. I care about you. We've had a good run. We had a lot of fun, but this isn't working anymore. We need to go our separate ways. It's not bad mouthing them as soon as you've turned your back. It's really wanting the best for them and for yourself. Suppose you had a child that you love unconditionally and they do something horrific like murdering a, a neighbor in a fit of rage and they go to prison for the rest of their life. You don't like what the child did, but hopefully you're going to still unconditionally love your child. Just an extreme example. And take the condition out of that. Maybe it was someone that ran your child down on a bike and killed them accidentally. You're only going to eat up your own soul if you're going to continue to hate the person that committed the crime, whatever crime that was, or that accident, or whatever. Even though they took something from you, I guarantee you, your child on the other side is in an amazing place. It was part of his plan. He knew what was going to happen. And maybe that's your lesson. And that one is unconditional love for the person that committed that act because they have to live with that in their soul as well. Then you have money and balance. And money is energy. People don't realize that. That's why it's called currency. And it's what we use in this 3D existence to show whether or not your life is in balance. Everything has to be an equal exchange of energy and everything in the universe has to stay in balance. This is why you have night and day, you have good and evil. This is why when you raise your vibration, if you don't balance your energy, you're going to crash. This is why people can't maintain the law of attraction because they have to balance their energy after. So you don't walk into a grocery store and plop down a million dollars to buy a gallon of milk. Not yet anyways, because it has to be an equal exchange of energy. When I first started my relationship mastery program online to help people having difficulty in their relationships, I gave it to a couple of service members at no cost. Well, they didn't do the program. It had no value to them because it didn't cost them anything. It has to be an equal exchange of energy to have value. And then suppose you're working 80 hours a week because you're trying to get ahead and save money. Well, now your life is out of balance because you have no time for your children, for your family, for your friends, or even for your own hobbies. And then if you're not spending your money, you don't have enough self-worth to spend the fruits of your labor on yourself. Money, because it's energy, you have to learn how it flows. Just like electricity, it comes and goes. The more you put out, the more it comes back. This is how it works, like a, a river flowing. And then the last lesson we all have to learn is patience. And that's understanding that you made this plan. You have to trust, go back to the trust again, that you made it for your highest and best for your soul, and that everything comes to you at the absolute perfect time when it's supposed to, when you're ready. We live in a world now of instant gratification. Everything, everybody wants everything right now, right? They don't want to wait. They don't want to put the work in. Well, the universe rewards, rewards your work. And how foolish would it be if every little five-year-old girl that wants to get married and had babies, you know, the stalk starts dropping them at her doorstep. Timing's not there, is it? You have to be patient and trust the timing that everything will happen when you planned it. Maybe you're getting up there in years and you haven't been married and you haven't had children and this is what you really want. Well, maybe you wrote it into your plan that when you were older, you would marry someone a little bit younger that was a widow and raise their children. You don't know. You just have to trust that whatever's happening in your life 
you planned it this time for whatever reason you wanted, whatever ride you wanted to take on this adventure and this journey. And you have to trust that. If you knew everything that was going to happen every day, you wouldn't get out of bed in the morning, would you? It wouldn't be any fun. If someone's out there thinking, hey, you know what? This is super interesting. I'm really reflecting on my own situation. And I have felt situations where there is this other side and and this connection. Like, What advice would you have for them to be able to then further enhance that as an ability? Well, the first thing I would recommend is go to my website, juneedward.com. There are lots of videos that you can watch. There's videos from my students that you can watch. There is a, a free webinar you can sign up for and take that talks about energy a little bit. And if you resonate with that, you're always welcome to sign up for a call with me to see if you're a good candidate for the Relationship Mastery Program. There are links to all of my books on my website. I would recommend that you start with A Night on the Other Side, which will help you enhance your own psychic ability. Everyone has psychic ability. Everyone has mediumship ability. It's like playing a piano. Some people sit down and just do chopsticks. Other people want to apply themselves a little bit and learn a couple songs. Other people really want to get ahead and they can be a concert pianist. And then you have people like me, that's the child prodigy that sits down at six years old and plays Mozart. So you can enhance your abilities and learn how to get in touch with the other side and learn how to raise your vibration and prove your life amazing. If you watch the video on my videos on my students, their stories are just incredible, absolutely incredible what your life can be when you learn how to work with the universe with energy and listen to your soul. Oh, thank you for that. And we'll include that link in the show notes as well. So make it easy for people to find that resource. In terms of the world out there, why has this not been popularized in the mainstream as much as it should? If you want to go back thousands of years ago, it was commonplace. We didn't have all the chemicals in the food. We didn't have the fluorides in the water. Your pineal gland wasn't blocked. And everyone had psychic ability. If dad was out working in the field and plowing and mom needed him, she'd just think, hey, I need you in the house. And boom, he'd hear it and come in. The kids, the same thing. If they're out playing, mom'd be like, oh, it's time for dinner. And the kids would come running. It was commonplace. And it's just like in Japan prior to World War II, every single family member was taught Reiki because Reiki is energy work. And they've proven that you could heal burns on someone's body by doing Reiki round the clock faster than we can do it with modern medicine. Yet they were afraid of that. The people that were in power were afraid of it. So they literally wrote it into a bill when they ended the war claiming the United States didn't want people teaching Reiki anymore. And it became illegal, believe it or not, in Japan. And it was the same thing in every country. The powers that be are afraid of people having abilities that might know what they're doing and going to beat them to the punch if they're doing something evil, right? Because the war has always been evil and good in this world, always. And now it's out of balance. So now we're really seeing it. And they used to burn witches, right? (laughs) What were the witches? They just had more abilities than other people for the most part. They certainly weren't evil, but they wanted to get rid of people that were threatening their power. And that's what's happening. So evil is in control. It's good. Good will always win. God will always win. Whatever you want to call them, there's only one. Good will always win. We will always prevail. We're having a mass awakening right now of people. I can't tell you how many shows I've been on. My book was a bestseller because people want to know 
why can't I do this? You can, absolutely, everybody can. But they didn't know. They've been taught, oh, it's evil. Stay away from it. It's something dangerous. It's No, it's not. It's not. The closest I can think of from what I've seen out there is sometimes twins, they'll say, I know what my brother or sister is thinking. Yeah, there's a very psychic connection. Well, mothers. So they've learned that mothers have an extremely psychic connect in, connection to their children because they literally have their, their child's DNA in their body. And their child has their DNA in their body because they are a part of each other. They were born of the womb. And they've proven that you have each other's cells. You have your child's cells literally in your brain, apparently, from going through your bloodstream. So yeah, moms have this extremely psychic connection with their children. And it's uncanny sometimes. You know things happen. Boom, you pick the call. You're right all the time. Um, and the more you understand what's blocking your psychic ability, and the more you get in touch with your soul, your soul knows everything. So the more information you'll have, the more psychic ability you have, the more you tune into it, the more you understand energy, the more you feel it, because it's all energy, all energy. You are the radio receiver. You're receiving the energetic messages. That's what psychic ability is. Oh, fantastic. Well, June, we're fast running out of time. So I just wanted to give you one last big question before we wrap up. If you could give yourself some advice when you were a lot younger, say if you were growing up at the age of 21 and you look back now, what would that be? It would be to learn how to trust my gut instinct, not take everything so seriously, and enjoy my life. Oh, nice. Short but sweet, but powerful. June, it's been a pleasure. I don't feel I've actually hardly said anything on this episode, and that's because the, the topic is so fascinating and sometimes need to listen and uh, take it in. So. I'm going to really enjoy editing this episode because uh, that's where I get to cement some of the messages as well. So uh, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you for listening, everyone.